When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, welcome, PHNX Cardinals live on a Tuesday. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star. Tank Tuesday has returned as Bo has definitely not his own makeshift BetMGM tank. Definitely, that's that's <laughs> store-bought. That's something you can get uh, for a supreme price. Thank you. What's up to everybody in the chat? I hope you guys all tuned in. For the all-purpose podcast with my co-host Greg Dorch, Kayvon Wallace, fantastic. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But Bo Brock, Cardinals, uh, what's going on? Big underdog this week. I don't get it. Yeah, they're big dogs at home against the New York Giants. It seems like uh, maybe the the wise guys in Vegas didn't see that massacre on Sunday night. I mean, they think that Daniel Jones, Brian Dable, that Giants defense, they're gonna they're gonna fix everything in this this week and, and come to town and and lay a beating down on, on JG's crew. Uh, we talked to his coordinators today. It seems like adjustments are being made. Obviously, the tale of two different sides of the football between Drew Petzing's offense and Nick Rollis's defense. A lot to be excited about on the defensive side. If they can keep the status quo as far as how they played in Washington on Sunday. This upcoming Sunday, I think the Cardinals absolutely have a chance to cover once again and maybe win a football game. I think they can win this game. I'm shocked with how big the spread is. I thought when this was initially released from our folks and friends in Vegas, it would be somewhere around a pick right? So for those of you who don't know, the way gambling works is typically the home team is gifted three points, right? Neutral field is different. Home for the Arizona Cardinals, they get the benefit of the doubt for three points, regardless of how last year went and their horrific home record. The Cardinals are a five-and-a-half-point dog. I just checked it with our friends at BetMGM, where Bo got his fantastic tank top, which means on the road, if this game was was being played on the road with the New York Giants, they would be an 11-and-a-half-point dog. It's the difference of six points, right? Neutral field, it would be eight-and-a-half, in New York, 11 and a half. This is a team, both that just lost 40 to nothing, albeit against the Dallas Cowboys, one of the top contenders in the NFC, whereas the Cardinals were controlling much of that game against Washington through three quarters. They let it slip through their fingers. We've talked about yeah. that. But, man, you figure home game, you know, amp crowd, the Giants off a short week. They played Sunday night football. They have to fly across country now. Five and a half points. I get it. Everybody thinks this team is is tanking, right? I think it's it's just about as disrespectful as it can get this year. Yeah, it, it's obviously trying to entice betters out there, and uh, you know, I think if you if you had it any any lower, people would probably hammer the Giants, right? So they're they're trying to get uh, just action from the public. But, you know, if if the Arizona Cardinals came out week one and defensively they just showed that they couldn't be competitive, but not only did they show that they can be competitive defensively, I think that they were, you know, uh, they, they showed that they are going to be an absolute problem for opposing offenses that can't, you know, protect their quarterback. And if if balls are, you know, made thrown in, in a in a poor position or in the air, you're going to see guys going to the football in a, in a very talented and fast playing uh, defensive secondary. So uh, I think that the Arizona Cardinals at five and a half like that, that all immediately makes me feel like I did in week one where I want to give me the points. I'll take the points right now. I'll take five and a half right now. I'll hammer it because of how well that defense is playing, you know, and, and hopefully the offense 
plays just a little bit better um, and, and you'll feel even more secure at home uh, with your own crowd and not having to deal with a hostile environment. I just feel like the Giants were playing under the radar so much so last year. They snuck up on everybody, right? But then you look at kind of the tail end of the season. Outside, they won a playoff game. I'll give them credit for that. Brian Dable's great coach, coach of the year, in my opinion. But, I mean, they 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 tapered off late last year, and I think this is a continuation of that. I think they played over their heads last year. Remember, they won a game in London. They beat the Packers out of nowhere. They had a bunch of come-from-behind wins. I think the New York Giants are, are fool's gold. I think they're much closer to a 7-10 and 10 team, an 8-9 team, than a team with you know double-digit wins. I think the, the roster is very limited. I don't buy Darren Waller. He, he flamed out with the Las Vegas Raiders. I think this is a team that the Cardinals could potentially upset this weekend. I actually feel better about this game at home Sunday with JG's, you know, home opener against with this with this fan base with the Bird game than I did last week against Washington. I don't think defensively the Giants do anything to scare me, whereas at least Washington, they could hang their hat on. They got elite receiving core and they've got mm-hmm. an elite defensive line. And it, it was that defensive line that decided the game. Like, what do the Giants do well? I know they have Saquon Barkley and and he's right. He's on a one-year contract. He was pretty middling this past week. And then Daniel Jones, I mean, I think he's closer to Sam Howell than he is, you know, Kirk Cousins or somebody like that. I think very similar in terms of the limitations. You know, they can move a little bit. They can throw the ball downfield. But, I mean, they're not going to beat you with their arm. I, I, I do believe that this is the best chance the Cardinals have to win a game in probably the next month, probably yeah. until you're talking about when Kyler Murray comes back. I bet Jonathan Gannon and company know that. I would not be surprised. You let out all the stops in front of your home crowd. The Giants, I've read, they're playing for their season. I'm not buying that at this point in the 17-game season, but I, I do think the Cardinals know there's a sense of urgency, in my opinion, to win this game. Yeah, absolutely, because you do have Dallas. They are on deck as far as your next home game in week three, and then you've got the San Francisco 49ers, and then you know the the first we we made it very well aware when the schedule came out that this stretch for six games, six to eight games, is is going to be one of the roughest of their entire slate. So they need to uh, when when they have this opportunity right now after you know a, a moral victory we call it on sunday and some people don't buy into it but i absolutely do especially off the intel that johnny got uh, as far as where the arizona cardinals were post uh, loss in washington but you look at you 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 ask where where do they excel i mean they're they're fine offensively they're fine defensively they and and they you know when and it, in any circumstance with two NFL teams, the one that makes the most mistakes usually is the one that loses. And the one that minimizes the mistakes is the one that goes home with the win. But the giants against Jonathan Gannon, uh, Philadelphia Eagles defense were putrid. I mean, they yeah. averaged in five games, Johnny, including the postseason, 13.6 points per game over yeah. five games, not just a sample size. I mean, thir- under two, two touchdowns and a PAT, uh, they averaged against JG's defense and 254 yards in offense on average per game. Daniel Jones played in three of those five games. I think he dealt with the, with an injury at the end of the 2021 year, but his passer rating is around 80. He's thrown over 500 yards in those three games. That's not a whole lot. That's just over 167, 68 yards per game. Uh, he's just he one pick to two touchdowns. Daniel Jones has is, is been kind of a, a non-factor for the most part, just kind of a game manager. Uh, and, and if you can neutralize the rushing attack, I think you're going to be in a really good spot. It's it, yeah. it, it should be a game that kind of mirrors, and hopefully not so much on the Cardinals' offensive side of the football, but mirrors what Sunday looked like against Washington, where it's going to be defensively, you can you can do exactly what you did against Sam Howell in the commander's offense on defense. You know how many times the New York Giants scored 30 points last year? In 2022. We know they didn't score any points in week one. They scored over over 30 points once last year in the regular season. It was against that awful Colts team at the end of the year that was trotting out Nick Foles. They scored 30 points. The rest of the regular season, they were living in the teens and the low twenties. Well, that's where the Cardinals are going to be living right now. Hopefully, if Joshua Dobbs and this offense can get it kickstarted, I think it's a continuation. Like, again, give me a, an elite playmaker at wide receiver for them. You can't. I think, again, Darren Waller, the offensive line. I keep hearing about how great Andrew Thomas is. They gave up seven sacks against the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> right. I mean, I, just, they're, I think they're very on par offensively in terms of their offensive line with what we saw with Washington. 
Yeah. This this is a game. I mean, that that I believe when the Cardinals have a lead, and I think they will at some point, they are going to flip the script of what they did last week, or excuse me, what they didn't do against the Washington Commanders. I think they're going to say, we've got a lead, whether it's three points, seven points, 10 points, we're going to run the football yeah. right at them. Because I think small in their defensive backfield, I see some people kind of tongue-in-cheek saying Isaiah Simmons is going to be a factor. Yeah, it's going to be a, a factor for the Arizona Cardinals winning this game. Isaiah Simmons did nothing last week. We had Kayvon Wallace and company on the All Purpose Podcast. Kayvon Wallace is a significantly better football player in the year of our football lord 2023 and had a significant <laughs> impact against Washington. Like, do you think for a second Drew Petzing's like, yeah, I, I, I want to go after Isaiah Simmons? Of right. course they do. They, oh. If he, if, if Simmons plays, I guarantee he'll be a liability for the Jets. Just watch the tape, KC, in the preseason where they really don't have much of a game plan offensively. But once they saw Simmons out there on an island, there was blood in the water. And I don't care who your quarterback was. It wasn't Patrick Mahomes. It was Steve Bichelle and yeah. Noah Gray. And they were dicing poor Isaiah Simmons up who had one tackle in his debut. All those people were saying he's going to go elsewhere and thrive. He had a uh, whopping tackle. But we're not here to slander Simmons any more than Johnny did during his tenure here. But you look at it, it's like, yeah, Andrew Thomas was fine, right? But then you you look at the rest of the offensive line. The guy that we were excited about, John Michael Schmitz, had an awful debut as their center. You look at the other guys on that offensive line. It, it rivaled kind of what you saw sometimes from the from the Cardinals on Sunday against the stout Washington defensive front. Uh, they got a guy named Mark Glownski. Uh, Evan Neal struggled. Like everybody outside of Andrew Thomas was putrid for the for the New York football giants on the offensive line. And then their playmakers, it's like nobody strikes and nobody should strike fear. There's no Jahan Dotson. There's no Terry McLaurin that's going to be able to make plays and in, in, in get those uh, this explosives that Jonathan Gannon wants to limit. And Nick Rollis' defense pretty much did limit for the most part in week one. The Dallas Cowboys are, are reworking parts of their offensive line. It is not the great, you know, Tyrone Smith offensive line, Zach Martin from a half decade ago. Those guys are older. You know how many sacks the Giants gave up last week? Or excuse me, the Dallas Cowboys? Zero. The Giants didn't have one sack against Dak Prescott in those elements where the field's slippery. On the fl- they lost the sack battle seven to nothing. Yeah. Like I, I think the Cardinals this week, you have to look everybody up front. Say Yelda Froholt and Wilkinson and Will Hernandez, especially DJ Humphreys, making a premium eight figures, yeah. and, and and basically tell those guys this is where the game's going to be won this week. We can bitch and complain about Josh Dobbs only being here for three weeks and that he's a band aid. Where's Kyler Murray? It's not back from his ACL yet. Like you can impose your will against this front for the Giants because I think right now you get into that second quarter and you're running the football effectively, which the Cardinals did last week, which the Cowboys did, and you're putting doubt in the Giants team like, are we fraudulent? Is this a mistake? <laughs> Remember everybody, not this podcast, but everybody else in this media market, give us Mike Kafka. I want Mike Kafka <laughs> to be my head coach. He's ready. Mike Kafka that got shut out in week one that got taken to the woodshed by Dan Quinn. Right. No, thanks. My, Mike Kafka, just wait for what Jonathan Gannon is going to do to Mike Kafka yeah. on Sunday. You think that scares everybody? That's, hey, he's an offensive guy. He's an offensive guy, job. Johnny. I mean, we're yeah. foreshadowing a little bit on some future conversation. He's an offensive guy, you know? I mean, that, that gives you an edge somewhere, doesn't it? He's an offensive play caller. You can't go defensive guy. We'll get more into that and what that actually fucking means later, but uh, and how garbage it is. But yeah, I mean, hilarious. Yeah, I don't think you you had a single member of this podcast that was like mm, maybe Mike, yeah, maybe Mike Kafka. I no, literally I mean, would have you would have had to, it would have been weekend at Bernie's for me at this podcast. You <laughs> literally had to carry around my dead corpse to do this show if it was Mike Kafka as the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. That's what it would have been. Let's say uh, let's talk about the draft with PHNX Cardinals. Mike Kafka, very interested in Tyree Wilson in the top 10. It just would have been me with Shady Ray sunglasses on dead <laughs> on this podcast. Cause I literally would not have been able to do it. <laughs> what a visual for my co-host, uh, Johnny Venerable. Unbelievable. I mean, they've got Dexter Lawrence up front and then it, it you know, obviously cave on Thibodeau, who I think Dallas did a pretty good job in neutralizing, but you can't, when you're playing, you know, in that that big of a deficit, and your offense puts you in such a tough spot, you know, it, it, they really couldn't do much anywhere. And where their strengths or their, their what believe people believe is the strengths of the New York Football Giants is, uh, you know, obviously Saquon Bar- Barkley and, and playing that 
complimentary defensive you know football. So um like they got Bobby Okariki, who they signed, uh, you know, BJ Ujulari's brother's fine as he's uh, So, um, I mean, there's guys that you come out if you, if you don't come to play. And I think that everybody is going to want to see this offensive line for the Arizona Cardinals bounce back. I don't think anybody would agree. Like it was fine, but it, was, it wasn't, you know, what they thought was maybe a strength of, of this offense and, and being able to boost up a, a guy who was working on a, kind of a short time frame getting into the building and Joshua Dobbs. So um, if they come to play like they did on, on Sunday in week one, I, I really don't see any reason why they can't compete and in, in all the way to the end, if not pull one out against the Giants. I mean, we'll save the predictions for Friday, but uh, it, it really, there's just not, I don't think we're overlooking anybody as far as the Giants go. Can we get a home win, please, for this franchise, for this desperate crowd at State Farm Stadium? Like, first of all, like I, I do think that it's going to be a nice showing by Cardinal fans in the Bird Gang on Sunday. I don't want to see a bunch of blue and white in the crowd. I think that this is this is kind of your benefit of the doubt. Hey, let's let's welcome JG, let's welcome Joshua Dobbs, and let's let's try to get a win against the Giants team that I think a lot of people think is overrated. You, you lose this home game, it's, it's going to be tough for people. you got a stretch coming up with the Cowboys and a bunch of teams with big fan bases coming into State Farm Stadium. That's going to be tough to, to stomach. So I, this is a perfect opportunity to get that dub uh, and to be competitive for the second week in a row. And I mentioned that spread started at four and a half. It is up to five and a half now. If you're, if you're going to predict the Cardinals are going to cover, you're going to make some money, in my opinion, with our friends at BetMGM, Bet10, Get $200. Of course, BetMGM is the official sports book of PHNX. Place your first BetMGM wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app for at least $10. Get $200 instantly. Uh, I can't tell how many people came up to me. We had our watch-along party at BetMGM Sportsbook at the Great Lawn this past Sunday for Washington's matchup. People were going into their apps. We were doing the promo code together. Hopefully, they won money. Hopefully, they picked the Cardinals to cover. They did. Will you sign up? Bet up. With BetMGM, bonus code PHNX. Again, 10 bucks gets you $200. I'm going to tell you some more props throughout the week that I like. I was pretty pretty spot on with what, what I said last week. We didn't get the Dobbs anytime touchdown. We were close, though. Dobbs did have that keeper in the red zone. They wanted it to bump. Uh, maybe we dabble down this week and, and we go back to the well. But in the meantime, you should go to the well with BetMGM. Check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to our guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. We just need somebody to make a trip to the end zone on the offensive side of the football. My my money might be on six, James Conner, but uh, my money also is on a new pair of Shady Rays for your boy because I always I'm I'm hooked now. I was in the store there at Kierlin Commons in North Scottsdale. I saw their entire f- product line right there in person, and they are legitimate as far as just how they stack up to those. I guess what you could call, you know, premium sunglasses or name brand sunglasses, ones you're going to have to really dip into your pockets for, not with Shady Rays. I mean, their whole concept is they want to make an affordable sunglass that is also, it feels like a premium and is a premium quality product. Uh, I was talking to their assistant GM there, and that's what they're all about, under 100 bucks, And they're significantly under 100 bucks. And when you cash in with the PHNX promo code, you can get 50% off two or more pairs of premium sunglasses from our friends over at Shady Rays. They've got those polarized shades that are 100% polarized, and then they've got like 50% polarization. They don't mess around. They've got something for everyone. Check out their their store location, Carolyn Commons, and also check them out online at ShadyRays.com. Use that promo code PHNX. It works in person and online. Uh, Make sure to take a chance on Shady Rays with 250,000 people have rated five stars online. Danelle Birch, thank you so much. $5 super chat. You can see these guys are really playing for each other and are violent, just like the regime wants. Absolutely. The D was playing some damn good football, baby. Yeah. Uh, I would argue to say I've said this many times. It's the best game I've seen from a secondary in terms of tackling, wrapping up in half a decade. 
and that I'm not even talking about the pass rush, like the way the defensive backs close to the football tackled in the open field. I mean, I, we're not going to go to the well too much for the 2022 season bowl, but it just, it's a stark contrast to what Vance Joseph's defense preached. It was very soft. It was very yeah. vanilla cover zone. And, uh, and yeah, yeah you just, you're kind of just waiting to make a play. Whereas the aggressive nature of John and Gannon's defense was on full display on Sunday. I mean, I always like from Byron Murphy Jr. and obviously the the guys on the back end and, and JT and Buda Baker and Marco Wilson never shied away from contact. It was it was refreshing to see from like obviously the the P twos of the world who didn't like to, to it was their game was more finesse right in in kind of technical instead of hard nose. But this is a hard nose defensive secondary. We talked to Greg Dorch, we talked to Kayvon Wallace earlier today on All Purpose, and they kind of broke down kind of the vibe going into week one and how they want to carry that into week two and hopefully come away with a dub. Here's the guys talking on the all-purpose podcast. It's going to be a really good game going mm-hmm. in. It's first opening the game of the season. Two teams that just want to win. Um, it was a great fight. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It, I mean, I, I know probably in most NFL locker rooms, all 32 of them, moral victories, not that big of a yeah. deal, but you know, come out there and play like you guys did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got got to believe morale's high, and then going into your home opener yeah. on Sunday, that you guys are hungry. For sure, definitely stuff to build off and correct, um, and we will do that. Just excited to have another opportunity this week, though, and uh, week two in the Giants. They just got something handed to them, so yeah. they're gonna they're gonna come in ready to go, and so will we. So it'll be a good game. Yeah, it'll be a good battle. Sure. You faced the Giants a couple of times yeah. in your career. I mean, is Division there a rivalry, basically? Yeah, rival, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Washington's in there, right? And but the two playoff teams last year, you guys when you were on Philly, they you guys squared off in the yeah. playoffs, a lot of success against them. JG's had a lot of success. Rollis has had a lot of success. I mean, is it is that something that you think about or are you just like it, it's a new it's a new team? We're a new team. Nah, it's a new team. We're yeah. a new team. Um I feel like at Every location you go, you got to – it has to be a standard that's set there. Yeah. And you got to stand on that standard. Um, whatever the the leaders of that team needs from each and every individual, mm-hmm. um, it needs to be set in stone. And every day you need to go out there and attack it. Um, each week is one to know. Go on one to know. And when you got that mentality, you know, the, the, the results usually pay off your way. Yeah. Uh, We're going in there with our hair on fire each and every week. And we go in there trying to make a statement, especially, you know, first home game of the desert, especially for me. Uh, I'm trying to get the fans what they want, get the fans what they can't even look for. It's been it's been far too long that the, the fans that go to State Farm Stadium spend their hard-earned money to watch their home team win a football game. And it's it's nice to know to know that the the players in that locker room and the coaching staff, they want to deliver that for them. It's not, you know, we'll see and best team will win and all the other bullshit cliches. This team understands what this this game's all about. And it's not lost on Greg Dorch. It's not lost on Kayvon Wallace. And it's certainly not lost on JG and his coaching staff. You know, it's not lost on me. Um, Isaiah Simmons was with this team for four years, three years. Snubbed this podcast twice <laughs> after committing. Kayvon Wallace has been here motherfucking three weeks yeah. on the show. The first time we ask, how about it? After a huge game that he had on Sunday, that just shows you the kind of person Kayvon. Extend that, man. Extend both Greg and Kayvon. But Kayvon coming on the show, I, that just came to me, and I'm like, what a great guy. What a great guy that I think is going to be, in all seriousness, like, Jalen Buddha, Kayvon Wallace, to me, that's the best trio of safeties in the NFC. I think it's I a fantastic group. Group, and, and you know, uh, I believe it was Nick Rollis today talking about Jalen Thompson really playing in the in the slot more, and yeah. how his game is geared towards that, and how it's a really tough position to play. How he gets sticky in the slot, and it's just it's it was it was nice. We'll put it out on our, our social media, but you know, to to have. Kayvon play that safety position that they were trying to get Isaiah Simmons up to speed on. And it just didn't, it wasn't going to be a fit uh, at least for the, the, obviously this season. And there wasn't much of a future beyond this, but to get a former, uh, get a guy with familiarity of Rollis's system and JG's system, fourth round pick out of Clemson played ball with Greg Dorch in high school in, in Richmond, Virginia. And these guys to come in with this hunger and, and want to play the, the type of football that, that, 
Rollis and JG and, and the entire staff want them to play. It's, it's just, it's so fun. It's, I, I just love the culture that they're building and he, he's a big part of it, even though he was sent, you know, he was cut by Philly and it became, you know, the, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, benefit, you know, one man's trash is another man's golden. And, and I, I, I don't know how Philly let a guy like that get out because he really looked like he was one of their best defenders right out of the gates. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a, a situation in which the person who ran the defense last year at a high level is gone. Right. And so it's like when Todd Bowles left and then he went and took Kevin Minter and Dayon Buchanan and these guys that were players for the Cardinals, role players, complimentary players, starters, and he won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. That's and that's basically like John Gann's like, oh, you don't value Kayvon Wallace because you can't use him because I'm a defensive back, defensive coordinator savant. I'll bring him here. He's been here for a hot minute, and he had, in my opinion, one of the best games of any Cardinal on Sunday. That's coaching, whereas the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, they got picked apart by Mac Jones in the second half. They had zero sacks in the first half. That's something to watch for against the terrible Phil, uh, New England Patriot offense. But I, to me, it's, it just comes down to – trusting your coaches and having a safety net of resources around the NFL was what we always pushed it hard against Vance Joseph and Cliff Kingsbury. It's like they didn't have contacts, right? Immediately when you saw Kayvon Wallace was cut and the Cardinals had the number three waiver claim, you're just on your hands and knees praying that Chicago and Houston didn't pick him up. And, and yeah. look, he's like, he, he is going to be somebody in my opinion, that's going to be a staple in the secondary the entire yeah. year. And, and you know, Greg Dortch told us uh, when because he, he's always in communication with with Kayvon uh, a couple of weeks ago on on the All Purpose podcast that that Kayvon thought he was going to Chicago. Yeah, that's who, his agent uh, was in conversations. It was, it was going to happen, and uh, next thing you know, the next morning, Cardinals were awarded the waiver claim. They were third, and Chicago's one uh, based off results from last season. And, you know, I mean, huge benefit to the Arizona Cardinals. And if you, if you watch that game on, on Sunday, you know, if you watch both games on Sunday, you would have noticed that Chicago needed all the help they could get. Uh, but the Arizona Cardinals, they made what uh, league high seven waiver claims and Kayvon Wallace has proven to be uh, the top one. He, 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 he started that game. He was, he was a factor in that game and he, he nearly had, I mean, they had that 69-yard field goal um, at the end of the half, and Kayvon Wallace nearly came away, not with one, but two balls uh, that would have been – it could have even more changed the complexion that, of that game. I want to get to this question here. Jack Smith asking, did Isaiah Simmons play edge rusher on third downs? Where did he play? He actually played the role bench, bench player. He had <laughs> under 20 snaps for the New York Giants, whereas Kayvon Wallace – uh, started the game uh, bench player Isaiah Simmons but all seriousness he rushed the passer six times and had one tackle so good luck Isaiah Simmons picking spreads dollar 99 super chat thank you so much my friend good luck next game boys assuming that uh, is going to Kayvon and Greg Dorch stay hungry and healthy I agree just a, just a very likable team right now I know people yeah. are giving Josh Dobbs grief and I get that but I mean like there are just there are good vibes around the Cardinals right now in part because you're, you're putting young players in a position to make plays I mean like Dennis Gardak, uh, I gave him grief. He's out there recording two sacks. Victor Dumekeji's a late third rounder, gets a sack. Ledbetter, undrafted, gets a sack. Offensively, Michael Wilson makes a nice catch. Rondell mm -hmm. Moore has a good game. To me, it's like this team, very minimal contract uh, stipulations. They're not being paid very much, and they're going out there and they're competing. It gives you hope that, like, okay, these investments, who's going to blossom? Where they can, where can they spend next offseason? Who can they bring in? Marvin Harrison Jr. in the draft. It's just it's exciting to see the foundation of how they want to play football being laid right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's it's going to be a mix between obviously the the draft player, the drafted players that they're going to develop and really kind of weed out as as is the building blocks. And obviously, you know, it feels like the the franchise quarterback. And then who else is coming with them? And who who are the guys that they identified on the free agent market instead of going and just trying to throw money at a problem like you know the previous uh, front office used to do? They found guys that you know hadn't been given you know NFL opportunities, but they projected to be based on what criteria they have and in, in the, the the scouting that they did on their own and what they trust. You know, from the front office to the coaching staff, a lot of scouting background there, including Jonathan Gannon. And and they're gonna see like who who's gonna be a part of this going forward. I I can I can you can already start to see like 
because you're white. He signed a multi. He signed like a two year deal, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see what what they decide on on Wallace, and we'll see what they're who who else they'll make a decision on to to get locked up and be a part of this group going forward. And again, like they're going to spend the premium positions, defensive line, pass rusher, wide receiver, offensive tackle. And then they're going to pepper the rest of this roster in with guys that Gannon and Nick Rollis and Drew Petsy know and they trust. And they're not going to hamper you. Like the resources being spent right now are not on tweener inside linebackers in the first round, right? Like those days are done, undersized receivers. Like you can go out and you can get guys like Kayvon Wallace, who was a nice draft pick of Philadelphia. And you can say, you're going to have a role here. You're going to be able to produce here. We value Mm -hmm. you here. And they're going to, that, that's how Super Bowl contenders are, are built. I know people scoff at that because this team's projected to go 0 17 by some, but like the best version of the Arizona Cardinals is the Bruce Arians years where it's like, yeah, you get the big money quarterback and you've got Larry Fitzgerald and Patrick Peterson, but it was the middle of that roster. G- guys like Gerard Powers who came over from Indianapolis, mm-hmm. right? Remember how much of a focal point he was? Yeah. This roster was peppered in with savvy guys in their early, mid, late 20s that come over and they fit the role because of Bruce Arians, because of Todd Bowles. Cardinals are slowly getting back to that where, boop, let me get a guy, pluck him, and he's going to play in and play at a high level. And they, it would be nice to see now somebody offensively do that for Drew Petsy and Bo Brock. Yeah, it really felt like the previous regime had no pulse of where to go when the frontline guys went down or how to fill in the gaps. And it feels like that's the strength. Like, obviously, yeah. you're going to see – you know, Monty Osford go to work with the draft capital that he's got going forward and what he's got, you know, probably coming in, in, in as far as cap space goes. Um, but, you know, I, I think what Jonathan Gannon and his coaching staff possess is the unique ability of, of recognizing what's going to play in their system and how they're going to deploy these guys and how they're going to deploy them in, in, a, in a way to be successful. I mean, you see, like, all this talk about, and, and I, I got to give credit to, Maybe, Johnny, you can help me out with the Twitter user that that tagged you and I in the Brian Baldinger uh, assessment of the Philadelphia Eagles defensive secondary and how poorly it played and how many guys were missing their assignments. Um, and it's just like, hey, Philly, guess what? It wasn't just on accident that they racked up 70 sacks and 17 interceptions last year. They were put in a position of success by their D.C., Jonathan Gannon. He wasn't just rolling the football out on the field and said, hey, go just play, guys because they had massive breakdowns on Sunday and Mac McCorkle Jones was cutting them up. Like number 12 was back in there at quarterback for, for the Patriots. And that's, that's not except, I mean, that's a sign of, you know, when you, when you made the, uh, the prediction that Philly was going to fall off, sure. They snuck out a win, but I mean, yeah, that's, people are going to see the tape and that it could be bad news as, as excited as they are, is that to that front, that defensive front and the secondary, they got some issues. Paul AZ was the one that tagged yes. us in that on Twitter. Thank, Thank you, you so Paul. much, Paul. And I, I mean, like, if if this coaching staff, if Gannon can be Mike Zimmer 2.0, you would take that. Like, guys who elevate a certain level of football, but then, of course, evolve and be able to not feud with their quarterback as Zimmer and Kirk Cousins didn't get along. Like, Gannon's going to pick his quarterback. Like, Robert Sala, you can see, left San Francisco, made a great defense in, with the Jets, but is dependent on quarterback play. Like, the Cardinals are going to control their own destiny with quarterback, whether it's Kyler Murray or a top draft pick. Like they've got that side of the ball covered. And now it's like, okay, you would you rather have Matt Eberflus, who can't stop a nosebleed right now in Chicago? Like, what would you say you do here? You specialized in defense and you can't stop anybody. <laughs> right. Whereas one game in with Jonathan Gannon, it's one of the best defensive performances we've seen from an individual unit scoring touchdowns, six sacks. So uh, it's it gets me fired up as does this topic 64 friend of the program $20 super chat 1999 thank you so much topic 64 Kayvon was a great grab Baker K Wallace and JT is a hell of a trio I, I mm-hmm. think it's the best in the NFC at least Kaiser and JT had horrible horrible penalties however I love when the players like that do their dirty work knock the shit out of people it didn't bother me at all like <laughs> I know it went it led to a touchdown Right. But I absolutely, Bo, we said this on the post game. Like, I, I saw what the intent was, and it was to say, hey, Sam Howell, hey, you know, Brian Robinson Jr. and company, you guys are in for a long afternoon. And yeah. and I, I think, again, like, you give up 20 points in an NFL game in today's day and age, especially with short fields, like, you should win those games. So I had no right. issue with it. No, I mean, 
was it backbreaking? It didn't turn out to be right it, at the end of the day. Like they, they were up 16 to 10 at one point and the, the win was within their reach and they let it slip through their fingers. And it was more, you know, on the offensive side of the football, putting the defense in a compromising position, giving them short fields, uh, you know, where they're giving up only, you know, at that point they gave up on the 29 yard line deep in their own territory. Unfortunately, you know, Sam Howe was able to run that one in and then they got a field goal, I think. And it only produced like seven yards of, of offense and that that defense was put in a position to break but they only bent a little bit so you know but that one drive people want to point to it and they look at the overall numbers and the penalty yardage is is kind of like a little it would make you gasp it's in the you know 150 160 but you know 67 of them of the 91 yards on that touchdown drive were from those penalties and you know it because your white wasn't being out there and like he didn't look like a blast from the past and Montez perfect where he was just playing with reckless abandon and, and playing dirty right it, yeah. like he barely hit Sam Howell when his feet were on the white of the out of bounds line uh and then you know you had the the pi was it was tough I mean the pi it, that, that's the toughest penalty to to kind of really uh, to swallow because it it's a, it's a spot foul and you know on, on a deep pass like that it's just that's you're gonna get chunk yardage on that and that that was the one where you're just like uh, I mean that that's the one where like technique and stuff that's that's where it comes to play it's not hey guys just out there playing hard and playing aggressive and playing with violence and that was not a calling card of John and Gann's defense and what I mean by that is penalties I mean they were right. very well coached, disciplined. I mean, go watch their their playoff run last year in, in the NFC postseason and, and see how well they were coached. So again, like I, I I think we'd all be very disappointed if there were multiple personal foul penalties on on the defense this Sunday. I think they immediately get that cleaned up, uh, and for good reason. Uh, I'll tell you, somebody else has got to clean it up is, is Steve Kime. But we're going to talk about that here in a second. But first, I want to talk to you about Circle K. Join the inner circle, driving fast. Right now, to stop off at Circle K and save 25 cents per gallon on your first five Phillips. Hello, it's the new free membership program, America's Thirst Stop. Every six free on the selection of Circle K products, pizza, coffee, ice cold fountain drinks, and more. Join the Circle K Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. I love it. I've got it. I use it on a daily basis. You should too. Terms and conditions apply. At participating locations, visit CircleK.com for more details. A great combination, obviously, Greg Dorch and Kayvon Wallace, also Circle K and uh, Samoji's Gummies. Why not? I mean, that sounds like a great afternoon, evening for anybody. Uh, check out what OGs, everything that they have to offer their incredible product line, OGsBrands.com. Of course, Arizona's original cannabis kitchen everybody's favorite cannabis kitchen for sure they got those multi-flavor bags you want to figure out if you're creams or if you're fruits guy or gal do you like the red apple do you like the watermelon or are you more like a blackberries and cream orange cream sickle or a friend frank sanders goat gummy with ogs all those hall of fame flavors and they're all in one place ogs brands which you can find in your local dispensary go to ogsbrands.com follow them on social for all their products that they're going to roll out that you're going to enjoy and love got to be 21 years or older and of course like i said multiple times find them at your local dispensary got to be 21 years or older ogs brands um so last night after the jets game we're going to talk about aaron Rodgers and how that that injury potentially could impact the quarterback market next off season. But, you know, I know our old buddy, Steve Kime is, is working part-time for the volume sports with Colin Coward. And I saw he was going to be talking to Colin in relation yeah. to injured quarterbacks. And I'm like, let's just, let's see what Steve Kime has to say. And while he did touch on the fact that, you know, they lost Carson Palmer on an eight and one team and he didn't bring up Kyler Murray, thank goodness. But he did have some kind of choice comments as it relates to, I don't know, NFL franchises that opt to choose a defensive head coach over an offensive one. Here was Steve Kime with Colin Cowherd on the Volume Sports Network. If you're going defense nowadays, Colin, if you're going defense, and I know there are some outliers out there, but if you're going a young defensive coach nowadays, he better be a special leader. Right. Like a game changer. Like a game changer. A special right. leader. Yeah, he's, right. He's got to uh, be a game changer. Right. Oh man, can we stop giving this guy a platform? When you he's said, a, it, <coughs> I thought you, you he's going to take your order at TGI Fridays. I thought that's where you said you saw Steve Kime pop up. 
uh, because he has no business being an analyst, being an expert uh, on on any any platform. He's just it's I'm I'm I don't want to hear from Steve Kime any longer. I'm I'm done hearing from Steve Ly- in, in, unless Steve Kime is apologizing for the downfall of the Arizona Cardinals. I don't care at this point. I really don't. I don't care what he has to say. Is that a shot at Monty Austin Fort or Jonathan Gannon? Yes, yes. It's also a shot at TGI Fridays, which is choice. Right. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't care what he what he thinks. He hired both a defensive guy and an offensive guy, and guess what? They sucked. He hired Steve Wilkes. He was one and done. They hired an offensive guy in Cliff Kingsbury. He sucked. He's gone. He's out of here. So it, it's, it comes down to leadership. It does. I mean, it absolutely comes down to leadership. When you look across the board and you can look at like how many offensive got coaches won on Sunday and Monday and how, what, uh, you know, how many defensive guys won on Monday and Sunday, it, it comes down to leadership and it doesn't come down to, a, well, if you got a bad team, you'd rather lean on an offensive guy than a defensive guy. Or if you want to get to the top of the mountain, you need an offensive guy to get there. Cause it doesn't, it doesn't, it, there, there's no statistical evidence that's going to point you in either direction. I mean, you've got Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, who are the, a trio of the most consistent head coaches in the NFL the last two decades. What side of the football are they on? Defense. I just, he just doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, he, he, he chased trends, right? Like they, they had yeah. Bruce Arians and that was a good hire. Right, but then Steve Wilkes, they were chasing. He had brought up Mike Tomlin before. They wanted to find another Mike Tomlin, and that didn't work out, right? So then what happened? Well, he saw Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay in his own division, and he said, I have to have something like that, but I'm going to go mm. shop at you know the bargain bin and get a guy who was just fired by his alma mater in the college ranks. He was a coordinator at the collegiate level. I'm going to get Cliff Kingsbury. Like He was always two to three steps behind the trend instead of just – like right. he, he says this, which is tongue in cheek. Well, anytime he tried to be innovative, he was wrong. Like as right. far as these these hybrid players that he tra- kept on picking in the first round, and then incorrectly putting them on the field and deploying them as you know Hassan Reddick as an off ball inside linebacker, and same thing with Zayn Collins and Isaiah Simmons. He couldn't get it right. He's not an innovator. You're right. He's a trend follower. Right. Uh, so he's sitting there in his UGG boots. He's drinking pumpkin spice. He's got his flannel on, but it's all it's already out of season. Yeah, he's doing that in February, March, when the rest <laughs> of us have moved on, although I haven't. I drink it year-round. But it, it is funny. He always used to talk about, we got to get our own version of Patrick Willis and, and Bowman, right? They, yeah. he, he saw that in the vision. I want that. So he goes and he drafts Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, and that's not who they are. That's not who they'll ever be. Sean McVay, he goes and gets, you know, bargain Ben Sean McVay. How about this? When he got jumped for uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, he doubles down the next year. I made a mistake. I wasn't aggressive. Let me go get Josh Rosen. Mm -hmm. So he's always a year or two behind. So he can play Mr. Hindsight is 2020 on these podcasts and shows now because he had a couple of hits, but it's just like, this team right now, and it'll be ironic if, if and when Colin asks him if he's got the stones to about the Cardinals rebuild, like they're literally tearing it down and going all in for 2024's draft because of the mess that you created. Like Cliff Kingsbury, for all his faults, he didn't put together this roster. Vance Joseph didn't put together this roster. They had to gut the house, and he gave out contracts to D-Hop that didn't age well and draft picks that are going to be out of football soon. I mean, it's... It's a disheartening place to see that guy on on TV consistently. And, I, you know, at the end of the day, I, I do think that was a shot on the Cardinals. Like, hey, why wh- your new GM, my successor that everybody loves. You don't think Steve Kime hears that locally and nationally that everybody loves Monty Austin for it? Yeah, you're, you're actually dumb for hiring a defensive coach, and let me tell you why. He's yeah. got to be a special leader, a special person. It's like, come on, Steve, get out of here with that. Right. It's it's like when you would somebody would see something they like, whether it's like a the new car, but then they go get the off-brand, and they, they're like, hey, look, I got it. It's like, no, you didn't. You got you got the Daewoo instead of the uh, the BMW. I don't, I don't know how you think that that's the same. It, he, he was just – he's – I'm tired of hearing like anytime I see his face show up on a feed uh, on social media or on YouTube. I, I mean, early on I was like, okay, is there going to be any signs of attrition from this guy? Is he going to show any kind of remorse for how things ended here? And he, he doesn't, he, he seems to have, uh, he seems to just kind of cherry pick in, 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 in just kind of 
focus on where his successes were instead of where his just profound, like huge failures were with it, that cost this organization. I mean, it's, it's costing me at least a, a full season's worth of, of competing. Like I, I really like what I saw on Sunday, but like realistically, like what they had to do this off season to kind of clean up the mess left by him. Uh, it, it, it could, it's going to cost them the ability to, to contend for probably a playoff spot and, and, and really have to continue to reshape things after they clean up his mess. That's why, like, if you, if you talk about like Rod Graves compared to Steve Kime, I know Rod didn't have the postseason success and the longevity, but I mean, Rod put together some draft classes that Steve Kime could never touch and, and kind of set up that initial run of 2013 to 2015 with Bruce Arians. I mean, Fitzgerald, Dockett, Anquan Bolden, Antonio Smith, Carlos Dansby. I mean, those are those are Rod Graves picks, right? At the end of the day, those were the keys that that drove this team into the 2010s. And I mean, the biggest thing is Steve Kime was always kind of cashing out his 401k. I like to tongue in cheek make fun of Bo because he's very conservative with his 401k. <laughs> but Steve Kime's the opposite, right? He pulls all of his money out. Let's trade for players. Let's trade for guys like, uh, you know, the th- the trio that they traded for last fall that barely played for this team. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's one of those instances in which, like, there's nothing left and you literally have to start. You have to file bankruptcy, which is what the Cardinals are doing, and you have to rebuild your credit score and start from scratch. And so that Austin Ford is in a very, I would say, beneficial position because, again, everything looks better by comparison to Steve Kime. And I'm sure we put our Homer hats on for Austin Ford time and again. But legitimately, this franchise punted on the draft for 10 years. They yeah. literally looked at April and said, it does not matter. And there's a reason why the roster looks like it does right now. Right. I mean, it was, it was lottery picks and sometime, I mean, I think he hit once maybe with an Andre Ellington in the sixth round, but outside of that, like those, those late day three picks, there just wasn't, they didn't have a shot. Like sometimes he had fifth round picks, sometimes as high as a fourth round pick, not even make the roster at a training camp, which is inexcusable. As Dorian as Johnson. Fourth yeah. Dorian round. Johnson, Pitts, Pittsburgh offensive lineman. Uh, and then you've got, you know, guys, he's, he's taking lottery. He's trying to cash lottery tickets in the third round where Monty Austin Fort and crew, uh, they, they envision every single round in the draft as guys that can, that can help you out immediately. Yeah. Shit, they started a six round player who played a hundred percent of the snaps on Sunday. Etrell Clark has a chance to be better than any sixth or seventh round pick Steve Kime drafted. Yeah. I mean, like, he was gifted the opportunity and give him the, the credit to take Jalen Thompson, the supplemental draft. But if you put Jalen Thompson aside, which is an outlier scenario, and you say, look at his day three picks of the, of the draft. I mean, it's Marco Wilson and Chase Edmonds, and that's about it. In 10 years of drafting, being in charge of 10 specific separate drafts, unbelievable. We're going to talk draft here in a second because I, I do think that the Aaron Rodgers Achilles injury does have a trickle-down effect and an impact of what the quarterback market could look like next April, Bo. But first, I want to remind everybody, check us out, gophnx.com, the all-purpose Greg Dorch podcast. If you like what you saw today, how could you not? Go out and cop the T-shirt from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. It's fantastic. My co-host was rocking it on game day at BetMGM. Got a lot of compliments on it. I can't wait for mine to arrive in the mail. Again, the Greg Dorch T-shirt from the Merchandise Locker, Bo Brock. One of the hottest selling tees in all of all city. Yeah, I got my wife her own Greg Dorch T-shirt. She has been wearing it quite a quite a bit. Uh, look at this thing; it's legit. Look, you can yeah. if you're watching on the YouTube stream, you can see the new release, the Greg Dorch, uh, just PHNX locker new edition. Don't miss out on it. Get it right now for you and your family and your friends. Show up to game day in the best swag possible from PHNX Locker. PHNXLocker.com. Big things going on. Also, you're going to want to become a diehard if you haven't done so already. We had a diehard take home a pair of tickets to the home opener, thanks to our friends over at BetMGM uh, and, and more stuff like that always coming your way. More opportunities, more deals with all of our partnerships. So become a diehard today. Don't waste any more time, and you can use your free shirt, your free hat on the Greg Dorch T-shirt if you want, or the hat that Johnny's got going on right now. Uh, it's all possible becoming a diehard right now. Also, uh, before we kind of wrap things up with our final conversation and how the Aaron Rodgers injury impacts the quarterback market next year and how that could, I guess, impact the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, 
P-H-L-Y. We launched today. If, if Obviously, we got so many transplants in the Valley, and of course, we want you to be uh, loyal to all your Arizona sports fans, but we've got now Philadelphia sports, part of the all-city family now. We launched Philadelphia. Go check out all the great work they're doing over there. Don't judge our, our P-H-L-Y Eagles fan or show too much so far, but I can't wait to have maybe a conversation or debate about Jonathan Gannon and love to hear their thoughts on JG and, and what he was able to accomplish in two years there for the Eagles. Uh, so yesterday, Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles, as everybody I'm sure knows by now, his NFL career might be done. He signed a two-year deal with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's assume that his career potentially is over. The the Once upon a time, that pick had Rodgers spent 70% of the snaps with the team this year. The first rounder would have gone to the Green Bay Packers. That doesn't look like it's happening now. The Jets have their first pick. I don't think the Jets are going to be very good, even though they had an inspired victory last night. Um, And then you also think about the Chicago Bears, Carolina Panthers both losing. The Bears on both first. Justin Fields didn't look very good. Mm -hmm. I do think that now we're, we're going to start getting some clarity. Clarity on teams as we move forward through the next, what, four to six weeks that could be players for a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, Sidor Sanders, whomever mm-hmm. in this in this top 10 to 12 picks in the NFL draft. It's going to be fascinating, Bo, to watch these teams. Do you have a team in mind per se that let's just call it could compete with the Cardinals for a top pick, maybe even a quarterback next April? Well, I mean, I think the team you watched on, on Sunday, you saw Washington that offensively they're, they're not there. Like even with Terry McLaurin uh, and Jahan Dotson, they weren't. I don't think that Sam Howell's going to put them in a position for a whole lot of success this season. Uh, we'll see what the Giants do on Sunday, how they rebound. Can they rebound? Like if they start 0-2 and Daniel D- Jones has has another bomb of a game, mm-hmm. you know, do they start thinking about the future, especially at the quarterback position? Then they sign him for, uh, to a two-year deal where he's making like $45 million. Um, so, but yeah, I mean – the, in the NFL, you're you're a couple bad performances at that position away from from bottoming out as an organization and, and pivoting in a, another direction. And you know, I, I think you're exactly right. It's it's you know you know if if you can overcome, you've got a really good roster in place. And I think the Jets and, and the Commanders might have that to where they can overcome some deficiencies at the quarterback position. But uh, yeah, man, there, there's some that. Even some teams that like won in week one, including Washington, I, I think that they're not at a striking distance. The PFF mock draft simulator, I am dying and begging for them to update it to the point where the Cardinals don't have the first two picks, yeah. but it remains that. They've also got the Colts up there. The Bears, of course, have Carolina's pick. Um, so they've got two top 10 picks projected right now. How about the Tennessee Titans, Austin Ford and company? The, the Titans, I, I, it feels like Will Levis is not the answer at all. And they mm-hmm. could potentially be dealing Ryan Tannehill per reports to to the New York Jets. Like it's going to be interesting right now on the projection for the mock draft simulator for the Arizona Cardinals at PFF. They're projected to have pick one, two, 34, 65, 66, and 68. That would mean six top picks in the first 68 picks. That's six starters That's a right long there. Season. That's a long season, but let me brush my bare shoulders off in my tank. Uh, that's the fruits of the uh, of the tank labor right there. That's uh, That would be unbelievable uh, draft season, but I'm, I'm hoping for a few more dubs to take them out of 1-2 territory with their own pick. Um, I mean, Houston looked bad, right? 25-9. Yeah. They, they lost. Uh, and they lost some offensive linemen. Josh Jones, who everybody was concerned about losing, had a terrible game. Yeah. I mean, like, that's a team that could maybe make some noise at the end of the year if everything syncs up. But, yeah, our our, te- our sweet baby Texans pick. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, so I was incorrect. Yes, they have the Cardinals picking 1-2, but they yeah. have the Houston Texans picking first overall. They have Houston being the worst team in the NFL and then having them surrender pick 65 to the Cardinals. I mean, that's yeah. that's just the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, I mean, if if Kyler Murray gets back and, you know, he shows that he can knock the rust off and, and he can, you know, get up to speed in this system and, and be the Kyler of old, mm-hmm. it, it answers that question for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, that puts them even more in a driver's seat this offseason to, to really improve this roster while other teams are scrambling for – 
for the most important position in all of sports. Like the, the, the list you just ripped off. I mean, it's the, the jets are absolutely going to have to look for somebody. If Zach Wilson doesn't emerge and, and Salah said that he's the guy, um, but it just puts another team, you know, that that's going to be in need of, of a signal caller to where if the Arizona Cardinals check that box off and they've got a quarterback room that they really like, they drafted a guy in tune and, and they got Dobbs, somebody that they identified. Uh, and then of course, Kyler, um, I mean, they're, they don't have to really think about it next off season. They could take all those picks and they can turn, you know, potentially a high draft pick into more picks from an, another quarterback hungry team. It's, it's an unbelievable position to be in. They're in a position. I think no one else is in outside of maybe Chicago, even though Kyler is an asset, whereas fields is not, in my opinion, let's say they, they opt to trade Kyler Murray where you would get picks for Kyler Murray. Plus, based on where they're drafting Bull Brock, you're not packaging picks to move up. You're not pulling mm-hmm. a Niners scenario. It's just you like a guy, you're picking one, two, three, you're taking a guy, right? If you keep Kyler Murray, which I think is everybody's preference, you're most everybody, and you're going to use a pick, let's say, on Marvin Harrison Jr., and let's say you've got pick two and pick four or five, six, whatever, I, I would very much believe that they would entertain moving down again and Why? getting the why do you Go believe ahead. Chicago's in that position? Be- I why well, they've got two they're going to have potentially two top picks. Two Carol they've got Carolina's one yeah. and yeah, they've yeah. got their own one. And those te- I mean I think Chicago's probably going to end up being in like the the early teens. Carolina, I mean like Frank Wright was not good in Indianapolis and they they looked kind of out, they got they got kind of I don't want to say embarrassed over the weekend, but they're they're not ahead of schedule. Bryce Young had like a 30 PFF grade. And everybody yeah. was talking about that team being elite. I, I just for me, it's like the Cardinals are in the the most unique position, followed by Chicago, to reshape their roster on the fly. But the trump card is Kyler Murray because if Kyler Murray comes back, plays well, everybody's happy with where things are at, then both of those picks become continued ammunition to reshape this roster. But the point I was trying to make is like if they keep Kyler Murray, I would imagine one of those picks, if they can do it, would go to Marvin Harrison Jr., a talent mm-hmm. like that, Kool Aid or whomever where they're picking. The other, the other pick, I think you would be tempted to flip it again. Yeah. I think you oh. an additional first oh, round pick man. in 2025. Oh. And it's it's they're gonna have they're gonna be set up with this roster. Like you already think it's it's remade. Like there there is going to be very few individuals left by the prior regime once we get to next year. It's just unless unless you're a made man or you explode this year, hopefully with Trey McBride and some other guys, it's Sayonara. Pack your bags. Oh, man. It's I know it's unbelievable to think about. I, I know we've got sixteen more games left on the schedule. It's almost like we should do a draft show to talk about it more. Yeah. It, it is like that. Hopefully we we come to our senses and, and do that maybe, you know, in the last Tuesday of, of the month of September. Oh yeah, uh, that seems like a good day. Are you free <laughs> that day by chance? I mean, the this draft class is fun. And then also like we saw Keytraw Clark, right? A six rounder. Yeah. show that he can compete and we saw michael wilson in and of course i think with better quarterback play you'll see him have a, a bigger role and bj ujulari as he gets healthier and stuff i think he played like 12 snaps and but the, you know he made an impact you saw, you saw 18 out there uh as he, he gets healthy and healthier and then like garrett williams we haven't even talked about garrett williams for a long time like if he can play if he comes off of the nfi and, and can play and then you add six you know, you know, in the top, what, 68 rounds. Right. Yes. Plus they had have... pick 102, which is a third as well. It was a comp pick. So, yeah, pretty unbelievable. It really is. And you added like a Kayvon Wallace and you've got a Kazir White. You like what you see from Owen Papo. Like you're starting to see this roster get churned and you're starting to see uh, NFL players uh, that weren't previous there, that weren't occupying. Like you're, you're not seeing – the Tanner Vallejo's, the Ben Neiman's anymore. You're seeing guys that are making plays out there, hitting the shit out of players on the offensive side of the football and hopefully seeing some playmakers on the offensive side. Uh, the craziest part, according to Victor, our scouting department didn't even have much time. Imagine this next draft. Uh, agreed. It's the new scouting department right now. Um, I, I think I would be shocked if we fast forwarded to the end of 2024 mm-hmm. and this was not a top five defense in the NFL. Uh, whomever's playing on it. I, I mm-hmm. think that they, they have that kind of trajectory. Uh, and then we don't even talk about the amount of money, $100 million, they're going to be able to spend next March. But 
PFF, we'll keep tabs on it, although I don't like this on their big board, third overall player, Brock Bowers, who, I mean, Bo's a fan. I don't know. Hopefully, Osafor and company aren't a fan. You, you can't even acknowledge that he's the third best player in the draft. Like, I mean, I know you can go off position, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Kyle Pitts doing well. Where is he on your big board? Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe in the 20s. Uh, AZ fan, 1998. That's an offensive coach right there in Arthur Smith. Uh, what's he done with Kyle Smith or Kyle Pitts? Not much. Uh, why is Kime still on TV? Such a bad line, XGM. I think because bros yeah he's really good friends with colin cowherd and they text a lot and it now you've seen colin used to be a big supporter of the cardinals of course and now it's it's flipped on its head so i mean it it is what it is the cardinals are going to have to go about their business and win people over with dubs on the field and that's the way it should be uh b's two dollar super chat monty has a top five nba protected pick essentially (laughs) i i think houston in the gauntlet of the afc is guaranteed a top five pick. Like I just, they're, they're, they're just not good enough. Whereas the Cardinals have a fourth place schedule in the Trump card of Kyler Murray coming back. I think, mm-hmm. I think they can sneak some dubs. It would have to start this weekend, but you go look at Houston's schedule. Tell me if you think they're going to win many games, especially I, I think Anthony Richardson's going to be viable with Indianapolis. That, that helps the Cardinals exponentially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, played better than Stroud. He played better than, uh, than Bryce Young. You've got uh, top at 64. Thank you so much. 499 super chat, better quarterback play receivers, get some separation. We'll win some games. I'm wondering if PFF in their mock draft simulator, if, if the Cardinals beat the giants on Sunday, if they'll take them out of that one, one spot. You'd like to see it. Uh, they've got, they still have Tampa being a top 10 picking team. And okay. I don't know. I hope I, you know, I was happy to see the Rams win because I, I don't want to entertain Caleb Williams to the Rams. That's gross. I'm not going to be able to stomach that. If you that. could do it right now, and let's take one, one out of the, uh, the equation. Let's say you've got two top five picks. Who was, was it? You said Marvin Harrison and Kool-Aid. That's those are your selections. No, I don't know. Kool-Aid didn't look that great against uh, Texas. I would say right now, if I'm going to go Marvin Harrison jr, which is not a line of scrimmage pick, I would then go, probably best available tackle or pass rusher. Jared verse from Florida state has been fantastic or oh. like, oh. listen, I've, I've ingratiated Florida Who state into, What's, into what conference team. does he play in? Is that There's an ACC know. pass rusher? The Damon, can we run that? that sounds like back? an ACC defender to me. <laughs> I would like the show to be over now after that. I was trying to be real with everybody. I would say Marvin. I should have just said Marvin Harrison Jr. and a, and a line of scrimmage player. That's my yeah, answer. Probably been best. That's what I want. Thank Listen, you for coming around on Jared. Hey, Bird. the Pac-12 is playing well. I got to acknowledge the ACC is playing well too. I mean, as long as we, we don't also take point out that Colin Coward went zero and five in his NFL. I, that's what I was going to bring up. He went zero for five against the spread. <laughs> Un, unreal, unreal run. <laughs> I hope it continues. It's so it's so great. Hey, I I thought they were I thought the Cardinals were going to win. I was going to come on this show and tout my prediction of the Cards money line, but they I think we both agree they're going to cover this weekend. There there's a there's a part of me where it's like you think of you know Marvin Harrison Jr. and then you think of like the the Joe Alt and you could book in your offensive line for the next you know five to eight years with Paris Johnson Jr. and Joe Alt really really protect your asset. You give him a playmaker, but like when I see how well the defense played, it's like man, you need to reward this defense. Do you with, though? Can can we just? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I think you could get away with it, but then you see when Jonathan Gannon gets like top tier talent and you get a Hassan Reddick type player and the impact that he can make the 17 and a half sacks. Like it's like, do you reward him with one of those two picks? Like, I, I know that you could really, you could really build something on the off. I mean, that I mean would be, you've got you Kyler Murray and then two franchise type tackles. I mean, that that's scary. And then just a generational tap talent, Marvin Harrison jr. It's going to be so fun. That's why we celebrate tank Tuesday. We do. We do. It's for fun. We tank for fun, but too many more performances like Sunday, and, and I mean, they'll they'll flush as many offensive assets as they need on this team. But they, I think they also are going to be in a position where they can go best player available at premium picks too. Like they're not they're not going to snub their nose at anything. Don't snub your nose at this podcast, by the way. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We're coming off our biggest month to date. We just celebrated one million views for the year here on YouTube. Help us continue to grow. Subscribe PHNX Cardinals wherever you get your podcast. Get your smartphone, your mobile device, search PHNX Cardinals, like it, give it a five star, throw us a comment. We would absolutely love that. 
We've got a banner week ahead. Of course, we got the bag home debut for Jonathan Gannon on Sunday, our Friday preview show. And tomorrow, Cardinals Bo Brock are back on the practice field. Could we right. see some tinkering, some adjustments after week one? That'll be yeah. interesting to watch. Talk to both Petsing and Rollis, and you know, Petsing he obviously is is encouraged by what he saw in some op- operationally at least with Joshua Dobbs. Now the rest of the stuff uh, comes with that, and, and you hope that uh, Joshua Dobbs, without maybe having to look over his shoulder, Clayton Tune, and it not being a, a competition, even though we kind of sniffed that not to be real true, but to really just settle in and, and hopefully get his footwork down, get a rhythm with his receivers, you know, when they're getting out of their breaks and that timing get down. Um, and, and hopefully he can make some plays for this offense. You talk about, uh, you know, the five-star and the review. Uh, big shout-out to DF1957BL saying there's simply nothing better for Cards fans than PHNX Cardinals, superior to anything in this market, Johnny and Bo. Sport, the best podcast in town. It's not particularly close. There's more of those. Thank you so much to – to DF1957BL, uh, and, and there's more like that. So thank you to everybody who leaves a review, leaves us five-star rating. It, it's huge for us. We are back tomorrow on a Wednesday. In the meantime, do me a favor. Like this video. Let's see if we can get this to 150 likes. Leave a comment down below of the one prospect you got to have Ooh. in the 2024 NFL draft. It can be Marvin. It can be Marvin Harrison. More ACC defenders, you think? I don't want to talk to you. Uh, I do want to talk to all of you tomorrow. Like this video, subscribe, subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. If you missed it, the All Purpose Podcast, yes. go to Bo Brock, my feed, PHNX underscore Cardinals, and follow that. And Bo, can they get that podcast somewhere? Absolutely. Wherever they find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your fancy is, wherever you like to plug in with the earphones. You can find the All Purpose Podcast with Greg Dorch and special guest today, Kayvon uh, Wallace. Both ACC players uh, join the show today. Uh, of course, hit it up with a review and a five star as well. That would be huge for a brand new podcast. Try to get that thing up and going. Great content from the uh, the gentlemen over at the Cardinals, and, and they'll be back on the practice field tomorrow. It's going to be fun. Gearing up for week two, Johnny. We're excited. Everybody have a great rest of your day. We will see you on Wednesday. Peace.